Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm uh, debating on whether just to start out singing a song just to open you up or just to start preaching, but let it rip. Well, this is an Eagles song, so not mount up with wings as Eagles. No, not Philly Eagles, no. But I, when, I, when I rehearsed this song in my mind, I thought it has such a spiritual, um, it has such a spiritual meaning. And so I'm just going to sing it to open your heart up for a moment. But it goes like this. And I've got a peaceful, easy feeling. And I know you won't let me down Cause I'm already standing on the ground Now the background of that song is that uh, this, this woman lets guys down But see, he's already prepared His feet are standing on the ground. Therefore, he is not going to be let down. The spiritual spiritual, uh, uh, meaning of that for us is that as as we are grounded in God, as we are grounded in the word of God, then we're not going to be let down. You know, maybe things might not appear to Uh, to work out for us, but yet because we're standing on the ground, we're standing on the solid rock, we're standing in the Lord, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are coming at us, we are going to be rock solid, we're going to be able to stand. Now one of the things I wanted to say to you this morning, actually it just came to me this morning, was that we have to be careful that our logic does not stop us from receiving the very simplicity of God. Like, I had an unsolicited testimony this morning. In other words, I was standing in the front at the door. Somebody came in, and they shared a testimony with me, and they said, do you remember, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but I had given a word of knowledge, and that word of knowledge was so weak in me, you know what I mean? I mean, it was so slight. It was something, oh, that was just me. I just forget it and go on. Well, no, I decided, no, I'm just going to obey. So I gave the word of knowledge, which was part of the word of knowledge was that you're having pain in this shoulder. 
And so the person came up to me this morning and they said, well, you know, uh, because of my age, you know, how many of you know when you get older, you just got a, you got these things, you know. So I, well, because of my age, you know, I, uh, I didn't respond. But then as I was standing there moving my arm, uh, you know, Dean comes over, Dean Hershey comes over and says, you want me to pray for you? And, and the person says yes. And so he prayed for her, and she said, I don't have any pain there anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. But see, if I would have gone by my logic, I would have just said, no, it was so, you know, it wasn't, thus saith the Lord, somebody's got a pain in their shoulder. No, it was, it was just somebody's got a pain in their shoulder. You know, and so I just shared that. Somebody... Somebody in their logic says, well, I'm getting old. It's just the way it's supposed to be, you know. But then somebody else responded and said, you want me to pray for you? So a lot of times we let our logic, we let our logic keep us from receiving the benefits that God wants us to so desperately have. He wants us to desperately have them. Uh, you know... It is, there's been times I've read the word, the Bible, and it meant nothing to me. I've read the Bible, and by the time I got done with the chapter, I couldn't remember a thing I read. I know nobody else is like that. You're so astute, the Spirit of God just, woo, every time you read the Bible. But, you know, but I keep reading the Bible. And you know, it's amazing when I need it, that stuff, the bam, it's right there. It just comes up. You might be talking to somebody and you'll even think, where did I get that at? Man, this is good. It's because, it's because if I would have gone by my logic, I'd say, I can't understand this book. I might as well not read it. Yet, because I keep going back to it, I keep reading it, I keep feeding myself with the word. You know, the scripture says that he sent his word and healed them. So if I'm not feeding on the word, I can be rejected because of my logic, because I'm not understanding it, because I don't feel, I don't have a peaceful, easy feeling. Because I don't have that feeling, I'm going to just not do it. But the reality is, is we've got to go ahead and step out in faith and, uh, and just, just feed on the word. The scripture says, thy word, or my word is a, your, no, the psalmist said, thy word is a lamp unto, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So if I will be in taking the word in, it will illuminate the darkness to where I will not stumble over objects that are meant to take me down. I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about there's things we run into that if, if we had a knowledge that they were there, we wouldn't go into it. I remember, you know, and thy word is a lamp unto my feet. God t told me one day, don't go to, don't go the freeway to work. Well, in my logic, I'm thinking the freeway is the fast way. To make a long story short, because I went the freeway, I ended up in an accident 
when God was telling me to take the country road, which would have been longer, but at least I'd have got to work. Country road, take me home to the place I belong, Kansas City. Oh, no, I mean, West Virginia. That's what I used to sing, Kansas City. But anyway. So we will let, we will let our logic rob from us. Even the word that came forth this morning. The word that said, I am a God of abundance and I want to give you abundance. And then the Lord just dumped it in my spirit. He says, and gave me illustrations of it, that even if you get abundance, if you don't have an abundant soul, you won't be able to enjoy the abundance that you have. You'll either be afraid that you'll lose it, you'll hoard it, or whatever. You will not be able to enjoy abundance unless you have an abundant soul. Third John, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper, that you be in health even as your soul prospers. If you don't have a prosperous soul, you won't be able to enjoy prosperity, you won't be able to hang on to prosperity. But that's not the message this morning. So don't let your logic rob you of the simplicity of the gospel. I don't care what you've done, what you're doing, what, whatever, God loves you. You don't have to perfect yourself to receive God's love. God already loves you. But if you want to partake of that love, he just gives you a couple of simple things. Believe that I love you. Believe that I love you. You don't have to sit there. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He lo no, you don't. No, he just loves you. You believe, and he, and he demonstrated his love by sending Jesus to the cross. You say, but I don't understand that. Don't let your logic steal from you. See, our logic, you, don't, you say, well, I don't understand that. You don't have to understand it. Just believe it. He died for you. He died on the cross for you. He took your sin. He, we're, just basically the, the definition of sin is a disobeying, disobeying God. It's just disobeying God. Just to make it simple. We've disobeyed God, but he still loves us. But he sends Jesus to, to die for our sin, our disobedience. And then we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. I had a fellow tell me one time, that's too simple. He could not receive Jesus because he said it's too simple. He wanted me to give him some complicated thing, but it's not complicated. His logic was keeping him from receiving. Now, we are, um, we're in a time of year where actually this is the time of year where Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross about 2,000 years ago. 
And on this day, we call this day Palm Sunday. And Jesus tells his disciples to go get these donkeys, bring them to him, and he's going to ride these donkeys into Jerusalem. And when that happens, people start laying, taking their, uh, their, their, their jackets or whatever, for lack of a better term, lay them on the ground. They, take, they cut palm branches, lay them on the ground. This donkey is walking on this stuff. And they're shouting, Hosanna in the highest. They're praising God. They're praising Jesus. They're praising the Lord. And so while I want to read you the scriptures, it says in Luke chapter 19, verse 36, you say, well, man, I don't understand that. You don't have to understand it. Just believe it. Well, I don't believe it because I don't understand it. Well, anyway, it says, as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And, had, and as he was come near, even to the, ascent, to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude, say whole multitude, of the disciples. See, not everybody was happy that Jesus was coming. But the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and to praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. You know, you don't have to see every, you don't, you don't have to be theological, uh, a theological scholar. Just talk about what Jesus has done. Just talk about what Jesus, well, he, I haven't seen him do anything. Well, I told you a true account this morning of how somebody got prayed for and they were healed. And they didn't feel like they were worthy of healing. They didn't feel like they were young enough to be healed. Let's get rid of the logic that says old people can get healed. My mother called me up. I was in Bible school. So that's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Well, uh, you know, I went to Ramah. It's a faith, kind of a faith, it's a faith school. And... Um, my mother called me up and she said, uh, my grandmother, we called her Mammy. She said, Mammy's getting ready to die. And they want to know if you'll do the funeral. Well, I ha thought for a moment. And I said, because <laughs> I'm a man of faith and power, paste and powder. I said to her, I said, well, let's believe the Lord that she gets healed. And that if she wants to die, then she can die. Well, there was silence on the other end. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because there was logic. I was challenging logic. That was even challenging my logic, you know. But I said it. And so I forget the conversation. But you know, Mammy didn't die then. She lived a few more years. I think five, I'm just guessing. But see, you know, God heals old people too. He just doesn't heal young people. I mean, young people have a better percentage, but... 
But that doesn't mean that God doesn't care for everybody. Hallelujah. So anyway, they began to praise the Lord for the good, for the mighty works they'd seen. Saying, they, they were saying, blessed be the king that comes in the name of the Lord and peace in heaven. And glory in the highest. But there were some in the crowd. It says this, and some of the Pharisees among the multitude said unto him, Master, they said to Jesus, Master, <coughs> rebuke your disciples. And I'll get, to, uh, I'll get to a reason why I think they said that. And he answered and said, un, and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Now, going back to the logic thing, if you try to logically figure everything out, you will miss the blessing. Do you know that, uh, that praise is really not so much for God? <clears throat> you're not going to get twist God's arm. Well, I praised you for an hour, so what's the deal? He doesn't need your praise. He's got millions and billions of angels that are quite capable of doing a good job of praising and a lot better than us probably. But remember, he loves us. So praise is not really for him. But the Bible does say that he inhabits the praises of his people. I never see where it says he inhabits the moaning of his people. <laughs> I never see where it says he inhabits the murmuring of his people. But let me just say this. You don't have to feel like it for praise to really work. You don't have to feel like it. The Lord reminded me of a book last night called Prison to Praise. Prison to Praise. The guy had a revelation. He was an army chaplain, and he had a revelation that if you would praise God, no matter what the circumstance, God would work in your behalf. I don't have time to give you, but I'm, I'm seeing this is that you can Turn your, turn your prison into a, into a jailbreak if you will start to praise God whether you feel like it or not. Now, we all know from, I think it's Acts chapter 16, but Paul and Silas were in jail because they had cast a demon out of a girl that was a fortune teller, and once the demon was cast out, she couldn't do it anymore, so it made her masters mad, and so they had Paul and Silas beat and thrown in jail. Well, instead of Paul and Silas arguing among one another whose fault it was, or blaming the pizza, they started praising God in jail. After they were beaten, they were in Roman stocks. Roman stocks were not just there to hold you. They were there to inflict pain. They are praising God, worshiping God, and God shakes the prison so that the doors are open and the stocks fall off. They're free. 
But if they would have gone by their logic, they'd have never got out of that jail. They'd have never got out. Praise not, does not just affect God, it affects the earth. Do you know that your praise, and you can go the other way, your complaining will affect the earth. Do you, want you, do you want the earth to yield its, its bounty? Do you want the, the earth to yield its prosperity? Do you want, or do you want the earth to become barren? Bar- complaining and murmuring shuts the earth up so that it will not produce its pro- produce. How many of you remember the, uh, I can't remember who did them, but there was these uh, films that came out called the transformation videos. Anybody remember the transfer? One guy, anybody else? Okay, the transformation videos. What it was, was this guy would go around different places on the earth where they were experiencing revival. And the one I was thinking of was this place uh, where the I think it was Indians or Eskimos. But at one time, the Indians used to live off these berries and the fishing. But they, I don't know if they were ever with God, but they'd gotten away from God. And, um, and not that God caused it, it's just that the earth is responding to the atmosphere there. And so all the berries went away. The fishing went away. Uh, The men were turning to alcohol. They were abandoning their wives. And the children, the big thing was the children, there was a high rate of suicide among the children. And so there was a concerned group of uh, Christians, and so they were praying and they were interceding, and they, they got into this uh, worship, and they were actually recording the worship, and all of a sudden, this sound came. This sound, and what it was, it was the voices of angels. And it got loud, and they just, I think it, they said it went on for about a half hour, and they even recorded it. It was recorded. And so God, because of their intercession and their praise, came in. What does he do? He inhabits the praises of his people. And so God comes in and starts saving these people. He started, the alcoholism disappears. The children quit committing suicide. That sounds like bounty to me. That sounds like abundance. That sound, and the berries came back. And the fishing came back. Why? Who cares what the logic is? It worked. And they weren't even trying. They just started worshiping God and praising God. The earth started producing its fruit. The, fruit, the, the, the fish came back. Why? Did they plant, well, if we do this, then they'll come. No, they just started praising God, and then all of it came back. So what am I saying? I'm saying that your praise will affect the earth. Your complaining will affect the earth, but your praise will affect the earth. Thank you, Jesus. 
Glory to God. Well, just to give, I want to give you a couple of scriptures for this. In Psalm 67, verse 5, it says, Let the people praise you, O God. Let the people praise you, then the earth shall yield her increase. Kind of goes along with the, and there's another story I could tell you, but I don't have time. There's story after story. I remember, I'll give, I'll give you this story, because I was thinking about it this morning, but I've told it so many times. But we have people that have never heard it. Would you like to hear how I almost lost my car? You know, I was sweet, you know, um, Melody and I weren't married yet. Or maybe we were, I forget. But anyway, I had a 72 Volkswagen, a bug. So, you know, and I'd done this before. We, we drove it out on the beach, and we just were enjoying the beach in Florida, you know. <laughs> but this one particular day, I thought, you know, the tide seems to be coming in pretty quick. And you know what? So we got in the car, and that car just went bang. When I started turning the back wheels, the bug just went into the sand. It took me... I kept getting it free, getting free, you know. It just wouldn't hardly move. And the tide was coming up. You know what the tide is? Not the laundry detergent. It's the water that's coming in and taking over the beach. So eventually I got some guys to help me, and we're there like 15 minutes, and the water was coming up underneath my car, and bubbles were coming out of my exhaust. Didn't look good. My logic, you know, at that time, I wasn't as spiritual as I am now. You know, I could have cussed and swore. You know, I didn't. Because I just gotten filled with the Spirit. And so anyway, the guys that were helping me, they said, well, just, we'll just give it one more try. So I just started praising God. <laughs> what else? I just started thanking God and praising God. And I said, Melody, if we get this thing moving, you just keep the foot on the pedal to the metal and just get off this beach. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. That's, that's, that wasn't the, the air. That was the bubbles coming from my exhaust. Blah, 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 blah. And so we got, we got that thing moving. She, you know, she got that thing off, but it, I started praising God. Hallelujah. I don't know if that praise made that sand hard enough to where it would drive on, but whatever, man. And I, I never told this part of the story before. <laughs> but she drove off and left me. <laughs> you know, and I didn't have any shoes, so I had to climb over the rocks. <laughs> Got up on the hot macadam. So my spirituality drained by then. <laughs> and I was, uh, no, I, I went from praising to the other. But anyway, <laughs> so now you know the rest of the story. Yeah. So anyway, but praise affects the atmosphere. 
Have you ever gone into a house and you could cut the atmosphere with a knife? Or have you ever gone someplace and, man, it just feels good? There's just a peace. Well, that doesn't happen by accident. That happens because we have prepared a place. Praise prepares the atmosphere. It says God inhabits the praises of his people. Does it have to be, I praise you, God, I praise you, God? No. He says he inhabits the praises of his people. Do you know legitimate, honest affirmation of a spouse is a praise that God will inhabit? I wish I'd have known this a long time ago. (laughs) But when we affirm, when we honestly, lovingly affirm our spouse, it is a praise that God will inhabit. You don't have to be praising just him. If you are praising a spouse, you're actually acknowledge you're actually praising him because he has made us and we are fearfully and wonderfully made therefore when you are praising someone else legitimately then God inhabits that because you are praising something that he created is that good or what thank you Lord so The scripture talks about, thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to read these, but there's a couple of, there's actually a multitude of places where God is telling Israel in the Old Testament, he said, if you start worshiping idols, this is what the Bible says, the land will vomit you out. The land. If you start worshiping idols, the land. He didn't say, I'll cast you out. He said, the land. You say, well, God's so mean. No, it's just the consequence of, it's not that God does it. It's just a consequence of our, of the, of the land actually responding to us. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm glad I came to church today. (laughs) But there are multitudes of times in the the Old Testament, and even even the scripture I just read to you in Luke, he goes on to talk about that, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that kill the prophets. And do you know that Jesus, Jesus prophesied, he said, because of your rejection of me, the land actually got rid of them. The Romans came in, destroyed the temple, and took them all away. Why? Their logic was that they didn't want Christ. So anyway, so I had three things here. I have the praise, I have the pain, but I also have the power I wanted to talk about. And so if you... uh, You know, who likes to talk about pain? Who wants to hear about pain? Christ's pain is your pleasure. If he didn't suffer the pain, you wouldn't have the pleasure. He says in Isaiah chapter 53, 
in verse 1, who has believed our report? First of all, we have to believe it. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he, Jesus, will grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness or beauty that we shall. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. Some women can say that, huh? Despised and rejected of men. But Jesus says he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs. Some of you think that God doesn't understand what you're going through. He was despised. He was rejected. He was acquainted with grief, not because of him, but because he is taking yours. He is taking your rejection. He's taking your pain. And if we will be willing to give it in exchange, he will. We give him our grief and sorrow, and he gives us the joy of the Lord. We give him our hatred. We give him our unforgiveness, and he will give us his love. Whatever, I call it the great exchange. If we will give him, and he gets, we get the better deal. If we can, give, we can give him our sickness, and he will give us healing. Let's go on and read. Surely he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. See, have you ever read through the Old Testament? You think, why is God making them kill all these animals? You know, they, 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 what that little lamb ever do? It's like God, does God really need the blood of animals? No. But he needed them to see that the, that the innocent suffer for the guilty. The innocent suffer for the guilty. So every time they took a sacrifice to the priest, they laid their hands upon that animal and the, their guilt was shifted, transferred to the animal. Then the animal was slaughtered. So Jesus, when he comes, he is the guilt. He is the innocent one. And our guilt... Our sin, our pain is all shifted to him. It's all shifted to him. That's why he says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. So we... All of, all of the pain and the suffering has to shift from us to him. Amen. Say, I don't understand that. You don't have to understand it. You just receive it. <clears throat> he took your transgression. He took your sin. He took your pain. He took your frustration. He says the ch chastisement of your peace was upon him. 
Well, how do I give it to him? Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again from the dead. Be my Lord. Bam. Some people have even said this. Lord, I don't even know if you're there. Come into my life. Bam. It's not, some, it's not this deal where you have to do everything exactly right because some people have, some people have prayed the simplest prayers. I was in a car accident and my car was spinning like this. And I was in the driver's seat. This, this is this bug, you know. Uh, and uh, I was in the driver's seat and, you know, was spinning and it hit the guardrail. And I was thrown from the driver's seat over to the passenger side. My head and my hand went out the window. And by the time the car stopped, I was underneath the dashboard. I'm 6'2". I'm, not, I'm 165 pounds, but I'm 6'2", and I'm underneath the dashboard. And the policeman told the insurance man, my insurance man, who told my dad he should have been dead. You know what my prayer was? Lord, help. I didn't have time for, oh, Lord, thou knowest I'm in trouble. No, Lord, help. Lord, help. You don't have to be, you don't have to understand it. You don't have to try to figure it out. Just receive. We used to sing a song when I was going to Bible school. Only believe, only believe, all things are possible. Only believe, only believe. Only believe all things are possible. Only believe. There was a guy <laughs> that was there going, I was the second year and he was the first year. And anytime he had a question, it was always, he'd always ask me. And so he started singing, only ask Steve. <laughs> Because I always had an answer. But anyway, it wasn't always right, but I had an answer. <laughs> Only believe all things are possible. You don't have to figure it out. Just do it. Just praise him. Just change the atmosphere. Just worship him, and the, and the very ground will start producing for you. Do it legitimately. Do it with a willing heart. I don't feel like it. You know, there has, I didn't feel like praising God when my car was getting ready to be swept out into the Atlantic. You got to see it. There was a big ocean there. It was the Atlantic Ocean. You see, you got to remember, I was at the end of my Navy. I knew what the ocean could do. I would, be, I would walk on the, on the floor, the deck, and then all of a sudden, I was walking on the bulkhead. The bulkhead is the wall. So I know what the, I know what the ocean can do, and my car's getting ready to disappear. But praise, whatever God did, whether he hardened the sand underneath it or what, 
He got it off. I couldn't. I didn't figure it out. I still don't have it figured out. You don't even have to feel like praising God. How many times do we feel like Just do it. But be honest. Well, if I do this, then God's good. No, just start praising God. God, I thank you. Start thanking God for your next breath. Start thanking God for your next heartbeat. Start thanking God for the, for the goodness that he has shown you. And the goodness he... Well, you know, I don't feel like it, but you know, last week in that church I was at, they, they talked about God wants to give me abundance. Just start thanking God. You might be ready to foreclose. Start thanking God. Start thanking God for what he said. Start thanking God. You know, you might get a word of knowledge and you might think, well, I'm too old. Start thanking God. Whatever. You don't have to feel like it. Bill Anderson, some of you might remember Bill Anderson. He said, he'd always sing that song, feelings, nothing more than feelings. See, we're always just relying on the feeling. You don't have to have the feeling. You just have to have the word. It's not the feeling that is going to get you through. It's the solid rock of the word of God that's going to get you through. So we know that Jesus had to suffer for us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13. If it wasn't for the suffering, we wouldn't have the blood. And the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, he says, we are made near by the blood of Christ. It is the blood of Christ that opens the door for us to come in to the presence of the heavenly father. Jesus said, no one comes unto the father, but by me, he didn't actually say it at that point, but it is the blood of Jesus that opens the way. Come boldly unto the throne of grace that you might find help and grace in time of need. Why? Because the blood's already been shed. The blood's already been shed. We also know that in, from Revelation, it says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Now, we talked about the praise. We talked about the pain. Now, let's talk about the power for a moment. Now, you might not. You might not. Well, yeah, I'm, I can hardly wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, just uh, start doing things. But the reality is that pray that 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 power is released by love. Oh, I didn't get no amens on that. That power is, is released by love. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. is. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The power. Well, we see in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it is the love of God is shed abroad upon your, upon your hearts by the Holy Spirit. So you get the power as the Holy Spirit releases the love. Turn to somebody and say, is he telling the truth? Galatians chapter, chapter 5, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is power. No, love. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. 
Thank you, Jesus. Let's, uh, yeah, let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. It says, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit. So where's the might come? Through his Spirit. In the inner man. Do you know that this part of your inner man is what he's talking about, not this part of your inner man? Have you ever been in an argument with yourself? That's because this inner man is arguing with this inner man. Thank you, Jesus. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in power. Is that what it says? No, it says that you being rooted and grounded in love. The love comes, the power comes through the love. If you're next to your spouse, if you want the power, <laughs> if you want the power, baby, <laughs> got to have the love. I used to, this is, I remember, anybody remember the, the uh, not storefront, the, um, what happened there too? The fire hall. Remember when we was in the fire hall? You know what? I always like to be early. Something I picked up from my dad. You know, well, this happens every Sunday morning, not now, but back then. Every Sunday morning, we would be late in my thinking, you know what I'm talking about. Not late for church, but late in my thinking. And then it even got worse. Oh, Rebecca's here. <laughs> you, know, you got your eye on me. But as, as Rebecca got older, she had two speeds, slow and slower. I remember we'd all be waiting out in the car. And man, I'm just, ah! <laughs> and uh, so Melody and I would have these uh, intense discussions before church. And you know what? I could not preach good if I didn't clear it up. So during worship, you know, the Holy Spirit would come upon me and I'd know. And I'd lean over and say, baby, do you forgive me? And, of course, she would say yes, and then I could get up and preach with paste and powder. And so, anyway, one day we, we had the same thing, and I leaned over and said, Oh, baby, do you forgive me? She says yes. And the Lord says, <laughs> he says, I want you to apologize to your wife. Okay, Lord, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dear. Yeah, Okay. And the Lord said, no. I, he said, I want you to apologize in front of the congregation. In front of the congregation. The pastor. Arguing with his wife before church. I didn't tell him every week. But every week. But you know what? I did. I thought, man, I, there's one thing I hate is lousy preaching, especially when it's mine, because <laughs> I want to get out worse than anybody else. 
So I got up and I apologized and I you know, explained the whole thing. And you know what? That cured that. <laughs> At least it, it cured me talking about it. But faith, you know, and faith works by love. Don't work by power. There's no place in the Bible where faith works by power. Power is released through faith, but faith works by love. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I didn't finish uh, here. It says that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in, not power, but in love, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ. He didn't say to know the power. What is God more concerned about you knowing? He's more concerned about you knowing the love because if you start walking in love, then he can trust you to release the power. Just a thought. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. When you, when you, are, <laughs> when you are filled with love, then you are filled with all the fullness of God. How, you, how come you... How come you trying to operate in power when you don't have the fullness of God? If you're full of God, you don't have to worry about the power because the power is already there. Oh, Lord, fill me with your power. He says, I've been trying to. <laughs> open, open my eyes, Lord. I want to see Jesus. Open your heart, man. We're asking God to do things he's wanting us to do. He says, I'm standing there waiting, open the door so I can come in. Little pig, little pig, let me come in. Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. <laughs> How about that? God, look at Revelation. Jesus is standing at the door knocking. It ain't no sinner's house. It's the church. He says, let me in. There ought to be a song for that, but I can't think of it right now. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Jesus, we've already talked about this, but faith works by what? By love. It doesn't work by power. We see here that Jesus was moved by love. As a matter of fact, the scripture says in several places that Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion and healed the sick. He was moved with compassion and fed the multitude. Jesus was not motivated by his power. He was motivated by the love. And so when we are praying for people, our key motivation is not just the end result of the healing, but to share the love of God with them. We're not just, we're not just there just to show how great we are. The song, How Great Thou Art, is for God. Don't stand in front of the mirror and start singing How Great Thou Art. 
you need to have your face lifted and your hands up and how great thou art. See, a lot of times we, we get caught up in the thing, well, you know, man, I've been praying for people and they've been getting healed. I must be pretty, pretty anointed. You know, you're not anointed unless the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you and it's a gift that he gives. You know what? Well, the gifts and callings are without repentance, but yet I've seen people lose it for a period of time. I remember Melody, she would get words of knowledge and get persecution. Yeah, this was back in the day. She, she, was, she was getting these words of knowledge like she was getting today, those, those prophetic words, and people in the church would get mad, get angry. So, you know, after a while, you just say, hey, man, it's not worth it. It ain't worth it. So God withdrew it for about two years. And that is a long story, but she got it back. I remember a guy, he said for 20 years it left him. 20 years is a long time. You don't despise, you know, God, you know, don't, are, the key to this is love. The key to this is love. We love, we do it because we love the Father, and we do, and that love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, therefore we're going to love others. Now let's, um, thank you, Jesus. Let's uh, leave with one scripture here. It says in Mark chapter 5, verse 18, and when he had come into the ship, he had just casted uh, the legion of demons out of this guy. And so everybody, so the town people wanted him to go. They were afraid of him. It says when he was coming to the ship, he had been, uh, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might go with him. So in other words, the guy that's just been set free from the legion of demons, says, Jesus, I want to come with you. It says, but Jesus, I'm, I'm using King James, so I'll, I'll interpret it. It says, "Howbeit Jesus suffered him not. In other words, Jesus would not permit him to go with him. Why? Because Jesus was mean and didn't like the guy? No, he just got him delivered. But Jesus had another plan. He says, go home to your friends. Anybody got any friends? Go to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. How he had compassion. In other words, he didn't tell him to tell him about the power. He said, tell him how God loved you and he delivered you. He got you delivered. God was more concerned about that. And, and the Bible says, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis. Decapolis means 10 cities. So in other words, this guy had a large sphere of friends. So all he did was he get, just went around and started telling people what Jesus did for him and how Jesus had compassion. You don't have to have, you don't have, to have a theological degree to, to tell what Jesus has done for you. Yeah, but people won't listen. You don't know that. 
eventually somebody's going to listen. Eventually, somebody's going to say, I need some of that. Eventually, somebody's going to recognize that you got a twinkle in your eye. That twinkle is love. You're not just doing it just to, just to make a score. You're not just doing it to put another notch in your belt. You're not doing it to put... The, the gunfighters used to put a notch on there for everybody they got. You're not putting another notch. You're doing it because you really love them. Wow. You really love them. One of the things I wanted to say about the praise, I didn't, uh, I didn't get to it, but I'll just mention it. Praise, praise not only affects the land, it affects you. Do you know that praise is a test? It's a test if you get it, and it's a test if you don't get it. Because when, when, when people are praising somebody else and you feel like you deserve the credit, that's a test. Or if people start praising you and you start taking it on yourself, that's a test. All the glory goes back to God. Hallelujah. You want to pass that test? Give the, we give all the glory to Jesus until, nobody remembers that song? Until of his love, we give all the glory to Jesus until of his wonderful love. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the privilege, Lord God, of changing the atmosphere Lord, and changing the earth by offering you praise. We also thank you, Lord, for the pain that you suffered. You were wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you, and by your stripes we are healed. We thank you for the power of love, Lord, being released in our lives. And Father, if there's anything holding back that love, we command it right now to be pushed out in the name of Jesus. Lord God, that you might receive all the praise and all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Do, do we have anybody? Uh, you have a, a word?